heat of God even before we ask. So, Father God, on tonight, I ask, Father God, that our hearts are open and receptive so we can hear what you have to say unto us. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. We're going to continue what we was doing last week, but I want to finish up part of St. John, the 17th chapter what we were talking about, how pride can stop you from praying for, from, for others. And I was using Jesus as an example and how Jesus was the example of how in John 17, beginning in verse 1, it says how Jesus looked up into the heavens. He was looking to God, his Father. And that's what we're supposed to do when we're going through things. We're supposed to look up to him. And when he said father, he recognized his relationship that he had with the father. And that's what we have to do when times get hard, when they get um, tough, when things begin to happen in our lives that we don't understand. We need to look to him who's the author and finisher of our faith. And that song, um, This Is How I Fight My Battle. When you surround it by oppression, depression, anger, offense, whatever you surround it by, we're surrounded by him. And he's greater than all of those things. So this is how we fight our battle. Some people may not have understood what the song was saying. But when you hear that over and over again, this is how we fight our battle. I'm surrounded by you. And when you know you're surrounded by God, whatever else is around you, it cannot withstand him. So that's how we fight our battles. So when I look at verse 2, we went over verse 1, and we established that the words that Jesus was speaking unto the Father, he looked up to heaven, he recognized him as his Father, so we have to recognize him as our Father. We have to recognize that um, our dependencies upon him, that's developing a relationship with him. We do that by spending time with him, just like Mary was at his feet, but Martha was busy about many things. She was troubled about many things, but Mary did what was needful of her. And sometimes we think that, you know, we're serving the Lord by, you know, doing a lot in the church. We think we're serving the Lord by, you know, being a busybody, you know, about other people's business. But truly serving him is to develop a relationship with him and spend time with him and allow him to order your steps, allow him to show you what to do. Because Martha was so busy, she was so troubled about many things, she wanted to pull Mary away from what she was doing, being at Jesus' feet, hearing the word. It's many people that try to pull us away from our relationship with God because they really truly don't have one. They're so busy about what they want to do and when they want to do it, they want to interrupt you and take you from the most important thing that will keep you in your life, which is Jesus. So Jesus recognized him as father. And after he did all of that, he said, the hour has come. This hour that Jesus was talking about, it was not happening right then, but he was recognizing that the time was coming near for him to be crucified. And he, you know, told the father, you know, about him being crucified, which the father knew. He said, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Jesus knew that his death would bring glory unto God. When we die to ourselves, when we die to me, myself, and I, 
This is how God is glorified. And some of us still don't want to die because we think we know everything. We don't want people to look at us any differently because we died itself. Especially if you've been about your business for 20-some years doing things your way and not the way the Bible would say for us to do it. When somebody approaches you um, to tell you what the word is saying, some people will not humble themselves because they feel like, I know. You can't tell me. So they don't want to humble themselves. They want to stay in that same mode of leave me alone. I've been doing this for years. I know what the word is saying. But I have learned if I really know what the word is saying, I will live by what the word is saying. Anytime you hear someone quoting scripture all the time and their lifestyle has not changed, they do not know what the word is saying. Anytime you have someone who's always in offense, get very offensive when you come to them and you ask them something, but yet they say they're in their word, I beg them to differ. When you spend time with your heavenly father, you spend time with the word. It don't take you all day to humble yourself. It does not take you all day to apologize. It does not take you all day to go to your brother, sister, or anyone that has um, mistreated you or anyone that has falsely accused you. It It doesn't take you all day to go to your brother. So when we really know him, we can um, come off of pride. We can come off of self. So Jesus' death was going to bring God's glory, bring glory to God. And he said, thou has given him power over all flesh. The next thing that we got to recognize, everything that we have is because of him. It's not because of us. So Jesus recognized the authority that you have given me over all flesh. It comes from from you. And he said that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him. So the authority that Jesus got from the Father is allowing him to give everlasting life to as many as come to him, that's given to him. So Jesus recognized the authority that I have is not coming from me. It's coming from the Father. He was still glorifying the Father. So just like us being in ministry, whatever part of ministry you're in, it's not because you deserve it. It's not because you chose that. It's because God chose you for that um, part in the body of Christ, for that ministry in the body of Christ. So it's not about what you want. It's what God would have for you. So Jesus recognized this came from the Father. Then he went on to say in verse 3, and this is life eternal. He's telling us what life eternal is, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So Jesus Christ, Jesus was saying eternal life is to know God and to know me whom God has sent. So the more you get to know him, the more you get to come into a relationship with him, the more you get intimate with him, just like a husband and wife come together intimately. When you get to that place with him, you're going to know eternal life. You're going to begin to live that life that you have come to know. The more time you spend in the word, the more time you spend with him, we will not have this disruption in the church. I assure you of that. The more time you spend with him, you will humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God and you will be exalted in due season. That's eternal life. Eternal life is knowing him. Eternal life is not only knowing him, you come in so acquainted with him that you do what he asks you to do without any complaints. 
So Jesus said that's what eternal life is, is to know him. And when we know him, we can live according to him and not according to ourselves. Then the next verse goes on to say, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gave me to do. Jesus recognized, I have glorified you, God. And that's what God want us to do while we're here on this earth, to bring glory to him and not bring glory to ourselves, because it's not about us. He said, I have finished the work. Jesus knew that his work was finished. He knew that he's getting ready to be crucified. So the work that God had assigned to him is finished, and he has glorified the Father. Verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto men, which thou gave me out of the world. So Jesus made God known to all men. That's what we should be doing. We bring glory to God when we make him known unto all men. Because we're not making ourselves known, we're making him known. Thine they were, and thou gave them me. And they, and they have kept thy word. Now that they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. So Jesus let them know that everything that God had given him was coming from the Father. So everything that we have does not belong to us. So from verse 1 on up to verse 8, Jesus, well, verse 7, Jesus is explaining that everything he did, he did it unto the Father. He brought glory unto the Father. So that's the first thing we got to recognize in order to get rid of pride. It is not about us. It's all about God. So we want to put him first and foremost in our lives. And when we get to the point of um, making people feel as if it's about us, then it's not about God and we're not bringing glory unto him. Amen. So the next thing I want to do tonight is, I believe um, some people had their papers from last week. And this is what I asked you to do with those papers. Go over them, come back and explain what God has given you with what I, with, through that paper. And then I need for you to give it to someone else who did not have a paper. Or if um, we don't have enough people that did not have a paper, you can choose someone that did have a paper. But I want it to be given to someone else that did not have a paper first so they can come up and do the skits and they can come up and explain what that paper is saying. Did everybody understand that in the beginning? Okay, who want to go first? We're going to start with the um, questions first and we'll start with the skits second. And this is what we can do, first of all, with the hand sanitizer. Figure this would be easier. Touch the mic first. When you finish touching the mic, do your hands. Is that easier? Okay, well, do it first, yeah. But I'm just thinking of an easier way when we finish because it's taking so long for everybody to do what they're doing. Mine was, um, does pride depend on self? And it does. Um, pride to be lifted up, raised up, exalted. Have a confidence in me, myself, and I. It's all about me. When a person is prideful, their confidence is in them. No one else, not even God. And what God gave me uh, when I was telling y'all about my job, when he was um, telling me about 
coming off my job. You know, that was a seven-month process of me believing in God. And I didn't realize that was pride that was, you know, because I was trusting myself. What I got out of that on my job is say, when it was time for me to come off my job, I had pride because I said, look what I have accomplished. I have retirement, 401K, a lot of vacation, sick leave. I'm a first-class lineman. I can do this. I am that. I said, I can do this and I can do that. What I'm saying is that I, I accomplished a lot and I feel like I can do a lot of stuff and they will miss me when I live. Um, if I leave, I will lose all the knowledge I've learned over the years and my benefits. How am I going to make take care of my family? That's because I was trying to do it. But when that time came, after seven months, I had so much peace. I knew God had, you know, everything worked out for me. But in the beginning, it was pride, and I didn't realize what it was, where my, how I was going to make it. And that's what took you so long to come off the job, because you were basing on you. And that's a form of pride when we base what we do on ourselves. And the reason why I went, come on, Tyson. What I was explaining about the mic, if you sanitize your hands when you came up in here, they should be clean already. So if you touch the mic, your hands should be clean, and then you can do your hands afterwards. But do it like you want to do it. Good evening, everybody. Good to be here. Mine was, you are in a disagreement with the church member over something you did not say but they said you did say it. <clears throat> and how would you handle this situation? Uh, this took me to uh, Psalms 93. And Pastor kind of went over uh, a little bit. And it says, the Lord reigned. He closed with uh, majestically. <clears throat> the Lord is he closed with strength wherewith he had girded himself the world also established and that cannot be moved and then two said the throne is established of old and thou art from everlasting that right there um, is saying that if God puts us here pastor is led by Christ it reminds me of Hebrews 3 um, she's led by Christ and she had to earn her apostle, you know, um, but she was led by Christ. And if God tell her to put us in a position or put us wherever we are in the church, um, she's doing what the father tell us. And <clears throat> we should be, we should be, uh, it's a thing of beauty and we should be doing it diligently and because Jesus is showing us that if he puts us here, uh, nobody should move us. Uh, nothing should move us. I don't care if it's 10,000 people. You have to stand. That's my whole point is standing. You have to stand. You shouldn't want to quit. And, you know, the teaching is so good to me because sometimes you think you, you a good man cannot make it. You must be born again. And then if you look at this, um, it said that um, in this in this passage, it said that God girded up. 
So we want to be like Jesus. We have to gird up too. And we have to know how he wanted, how he said it. And once we get here, we should be unmovable, you know, no matter what comes up against us. And, and, if, and we, when he puts us here, he meant for us to stay here. And we should not be moved any kind of way. And just my last word is stand. We should be standing and, and not taking it for granted because God put us here, not man. Okay. And he exalts us. Okay, Tyson, I want to ask you. Yours were, was, you are in a disagreement with a church member over something that you did not say. But they said you did say it. How would you handle the situation? Number one, you said that you would stand. You would not get out of your position because of the disagreement, right? Right. Correct? Right. Okay, but how would you handle that disagreement? I know you stand in it. You're not going to yeah. get out of your position. Yeah. But how would you handle it? That's a good point. Um, I would, when I say stand, it's not, uh, you have to stand on what God says. It's not how I feel about it. Um, you have to take the higher road. Um, that's why he said that God girded up. So we should be, just like Pastor said, we, we have to read the word and, and uh, we have to continue it daily, you know. And so when they, when I guess when the, when the, the 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 waves come up against you, when the crowd come up against you, whatever, when man come up against you, what have you, you will stand in the word of God and not how you feel, but you will do what the word says, no matter what, and and you just give God glory right in the midst of the storm. And uh, when I say stand, it's not about how I feel; it's about it's about um, what God wants us to do is take the higher road and, and um, continue to walk in the spirit. And that's what it's all about, being in the spirit. Okay. Who's next? Okay, so mine said, you see two church folks going back and forth in a heated disagreement. How would you handle it? So the Lord put in my spirit, it's not about us. So sometimes, you know, you might let fear come into place. You might be looking at man's face, what's being said, and you can't get caught up in how you feel, what the person might say, if they're going to be offended. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. So if those things begin to bubble up in you, you just pray and ask the Lord to help you and give you the words of wisdom to speak, to bring correction. And he was saying, like, you have to humble yourself, just like Jesus did. He, he became, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto the cross. And that's how we have to do. We have to kill the flesh. And we have to, you know, go to our brothers and sisters when we see things going wrong or they're in a disagreement and just come in love and humble ourselves. And they, they will receive it. If it's not then, it will be later. Okay, Quana. So you see two church folks going back and forth in a heated disagreement. 
How would you handle it? You said you will go to them in love. Amen. Who's next? Mine was um, pride. How, what does pride lead to? Dependence on self. I can't do it, everything, and I can't do it by myself. That's what um, I got out of depending on myself. Like at work, if I got to make 600 sandwiches, I don't want nobody to help me because they're going to mess my mess up. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to put it in the bag, not the way I want it put in the bag. So the other day when I was making sandwiches, she come to help me, and I was just cringing on the inside because I didn't want her to help me because she was going to mess it up. So I had to humble myself and let her help me with those sandwiches. I can't do everything, and I can't do it by myself. That's why um, I got out of depending on myself. And if I'm doing it like that, I'm leaving God out of it. I'm not asking him for help. I'm, he not leading me because I'm depending on myself to get the stuff done. Now, you said she was coming to help you. Uh-huh. So how you know God didn't send her? <laughs> I know. That's why I had to humble myself. Even though I was cringing on the inside, I had to humble myself and not open my mouth and not say nothing. Amen. <laughs> Who's next? Y'all don't forget to do your hands before you leave. Who's next? My question was, what does it mean to deny yourself? And I meditated on um, Matthew um, 16, 24, where Jesus said um, to his disciples, um, if any man will come after me, he has to deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow him. Jesus was talking to the disciples, his pupils, his students, those taught of God, and he was telling them that if anybody, it doesn't have to, it could be an adult, a teenager, anybody, if they willingly have a desire to come after him, then they will deny themselves, lose sight of their own interests and what they want to do. They won't make it about themselves, but they'll make it about him. Denying yourself is not easy because it's giving up all rights to what you want to do. And it says that you have to pick up your cross. Jesus um, held his cross when he was up there and they was reviling him and they slapped him and they cursed at him. He um, carried his cross and he never opened his mouth and he denied himself even to the point of death. And that's how we have to do when it comes to denying ourselves, we have to do it to the point that we're killing this flesh and this flesh is being crucified like every day. And when you crucify that flesh, it don't feel good. And it literally feels like sometimes that you are going to die because you're dying to yourself. So I was like, you know, when you deny yourself, you can't just say anything you want to say. 
You can't do anything you want to do and you can't go anywhere you want to go because you belong to Christ. You have been crucified with him. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ, the Messiah, that lives in you. Amen. But remember, Jesus denied himself even before the cross. Even before he suffered, he got rid of self. And that's what we have to do. Amen. Who's next? My question, um, you are talking to your husband about your accomplishments and how you work harder than anyone on your job and how you deserve the promotion, not your coworker. What would be the husband's response? Being that I am married to Christ and I know I'm not a backslider, but he's my husband. So but what? when I was meditating on this, it says how you work harder than anyone on your job. Why? Why are you working harder than anyone on your job? What is the motive behind that? If the job requires you to do this, this, and this, why are you going above and beyond? The Bible tells us to do all things to the glory and honor of God and not be a man pleaser, but to please God. So if I'm doing what's required of me and I'm not led to do any extra, then I don't do any extra. Because why am I doing the extra? To be noticed by man? And it reminded me of even in the sound room. What we do in the sound room, we don't do to Apostle and Pastor James. We do it as unto the Lord because God called us to that. So we're not going to sit back there and, you know, run around like a chicken with our head cut off. You know, do Apostle see me? Do Pastor James see me? You know, I want to be seen of man to make sure we're doing everything that we can do. No. My motive would be wrong. And if my husband is in the Lord, he will correct me and tell me, why are you doing this, baby? Why are you working yourself hard when you have to come home and take care of me and the kids? By the time you get home, you're in strife because you're tired, because you don't work your fingers to the bone doing extra stuff at work that you're really not required to do. So now you're tired and you're bringing strife in the house because you're feeling like I, I should be somewhere that I'm not. So the husband will correct you if he's a man of God and he's not an Ahab. And let you know in love, do all things unto the Lord, and that promotion comes from God and God alone. Amen. And remember what Athea said, if they're in the sound room and they're doing it unto the Lord, they don't have to worry about us. But guess what? We will know if you're not doing it unto the Lord, and I don't have to watch you because God will tell it. Because we giving you what he would have to be done. So he's going to tell us what's not done. And we don't even have to be here if we are before him the way we need to be. Um, If you hear a church member bragging on what they have and how anointed they are. And if people were like them, they would have what they have. How would you handle the situation? Um, uh, this here, if you hear a person talking like that, 
you automatically know they're full of pride, they're full of self. Um, all of our blessings come from the Lord. It's not about us. First of all, um, you know, how are you going to brag about how, how anointed you are? Because the anointing is not for us to be glorified. It's to, for God, for us to be uh, effective in the kingdom, to uh, destroy yokes. You know, when we minister, it's the anointing that makes the difference in people's lives because of the anointing that the Lord has put on our lives. And first of all, there's a price to pay also for the anointing. Yes, we're anointed for service, but when we go through a process, it's through a process of time that we're processed um, and we go through changes. Um, just I think about Joseph. When God gave Joseph a dream, um, it took a while before the dream came to fruition. And Joseph went through, you know, everybody knows the story that he went from the pit to the prison to the palace. And the Bible doesn't tell us all the details, you know, that all, over those years that he was waiting through the process of time, he went through some changes. So by the time he... Um, he, uh, the, the, the dream came to fruition. Uh, he had character built in him. And God already knew what he could trust him with. That's why I feel, I believe that he was chosen to, to, for that situation, to go through that. Because he knew that regardless of what he went through, even when he failed, I'm pretty sure that Joseph had some thoughts through the process because he was human. And a lot of times when we read the word, um, if you don't think deep enough, you forget that they're human like us. They have all kinds of emotions. They have doubts. They have fears. They they may do something and say, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I shouldn't have done I said something. But at the end of the day, because his heart was towards God and God already knew who he was, he was able to trust him to go through that process because even when he... He had, um, at the, at the end, you know, he had his brothers. When his brothers found him, he was able to be a blessing to them instead of bragging and boasting and have an attitude, you know, like, oh, y'all need me now. Look what God did for me. I'm in the palace. You know, you know, he didn't brag. He didn't, but he was very humble. He forgave him and he loved them. Because he humbled himself, but he could have been boastful. But a person who is prideful and boastful, if they obtain things and they don't realize that, that God gave them the, these things and gave them the ability to get these things, then they're full of pride, they're full of self, and they want to make other people feel little, and they want to feel exalted. And even when they speak, they don't even realize that they're speaking out of pride, and it doesn't have a good look. But they thinking they look good before people, but really they look terrible. And some people may go behind when they leave them and talk about it. But um, the uh, and then pride comes before a fall. And then God gives us opportunity to humble ourselves. And one thing we don't want to say is, "Lord, humble me." We want to do that because if we humble ourselves. Um, he gives us the opportunity, we'll be exalted in due season. But if we don't, you know, we'll fall. Pride comes from the fall. The higher up there, the harder the fall. Um, and then uh, if we're going to tell, if we want to tell about the Lord, make sure we're making our boast in the Lord. Like Psalm 34, 2 says, says that um, I will make my boast in the Lord. 
And the humble will hear thereof and be glad. And if you boast in the Lord and other people are humble, they're going to rejoice with you because they're going to celebrate and be happy because of what the Lord did in your life because they're humble too. But if somebody's not humble, then they be maybe prideful and jealous. And they're just like and the humble should hear thereof and be glad. And we're talking about what the Lord did. And we know that God doesn't have respect to persons. And that's why we should tell other people, not look at me. Look how great I am. Look what I got. If you do what I did, you'll have what I got. And I've heard people talk like that. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we make our boast in the Lord and uh, not in ourselves. And the Holy Spirit just gave So, us. basically, you telling all of us in here how to handle it. Yeah, it's, it's what you did. Okay, well. You I'm did, didn't Yeah. She told all of us how to handle it. She answered the question. Did y'all get all that? She told us how to handle it now. Thank you, God. No, you weren't wrong. Okay. You told us how to handle it now. Okay. He just gave it to you. Okay. Who's next? My paper is, husband tells the wife, I pay the bills. I take care of you and the family. Without me, you would not make it. I could have any woman I wanted, but I settle for you, and you will do what I say in this house or leave. How would you handle it? I decide I ain't ready yet. (laughs) God is still working on me, and... um. Because I learned the hard way, when you find somebody on your own and you don't wait on God, was it the vow say, whom God has joined together? Mm-hmm. We hear that a lot, but we don't think about what it means. Did God join you with your mate? And I can say in the past, God did not join me with my mate. Do I love him? Yeah, I love him. Did we get along? We got along great. But it was not... The marriage that God wanted. And um, this, in this thing, anything like this that would happen in the relationship, through what I'm really learning now, and it, and it really wouldn't matter to me whether it's a spouse or whatever, hum, I want to humble myself and say, What did I do? You know, I want to get understanding what did I do to make you feel this way? Is it something I did or was it an impression I gave? Um, did I offend you in some way that I'm not aware of? And if it was, then I need to know about it, you know. And it should be the same way with the spouse. If they've offended you, you know, the best thing you can do is say, you hurt my feelings. You know, maybe you didn't realize it, but you hurt my feelings because they may not know. I mean, that, you know, I'm sure we've all done that. We've said something to somebody and hurt their feelings and never realized we did. Because maybe we said it one way, but they took it another way. Maybe something was going on with them and it just hit a nerve. And so that's easy to do, especially the closer you are to somebody and the more you love them. It's easier to be wounded by that person because when a stranger hurts you, you don't care. don't make any difference to you. Go on with your bad self. But when somebody close that you think, they know me and they love me and they've done this to me, you hope to God that it was not intentional. But communication, get understanding, 
God, give me the wisdom to understand what they're saying to me. Lord, show me how to go to this person. Give me the opportunity to go to this person. Give me the right words to say. Because even if I understand what they're saying, and if I don't respond correctly, if I respond in a harsh manner, it could just do that much more damage and and make the wound fester even more. And so I know with, but especially a husband-wife relationship, but um, I feel like God is teaching each one of us in this, in this house with everything we're learning. It's always like a, another building block, another building block. And it's to be a better kingdom representative. You know, I love God and I know he loves me no matter what. But God, I don't want to be, I don't want to make you ashamed. I don't want somebody to look at me, you know, me and say, what kind of Christian is that? So it's all about we're learning it is all about him. And I know I, I mean, I mess it up real good. But um, God's the only one that can really fix it. And he's the only one that can really fix me. That's why I feel sorry for him. But anyway, <laughs> so. I want to say this on Jennifer's that she just did. I had a couple that was in counseling. And um, they were telling me that they were made for each other. And that God put them together. And before I would counsel couples together, but after that incident, I end up counseling separately. So they say, you know, God put us together. He's what God gave me, and I'm what God gave to him. I say, are you sure about that? Yes, we're sure about that. So as we got into the counseling session, my husband is a witness, and God is so funny. He had me to wear army fatigues, y'all, for the first counseling session. (laughs) So we sitting there going through the counseling session, and oh boy, by the time that session was over, he said she need to find her way home because she wasn't riding back with him. And she ended up saying a few things about him that she shouldn't have said. But this is what I told them. You got to get up out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm saying is they said that God is the one that brought them together. And I want y'all to check this. So after that incident, I said, y'all need to go home and y'all need to seek God while he can be found. So next thing that happened was they told me, we believe that we're supposed to be married. I said, well, I'm not going to be the one to marry you. They got married. And today they're divorced. Because she had some issues. He had some issues. They didn't want to work through those issues long enough to know they had issues. So she was griping about his issues, and he was griping about her issues. She couldn't even do a good work for the Lord because she was mad at that man. She couldn't stay with that man. So people get upset when you tell them, you need some counseling. You got some things that need to be worked out because if you've been battered and bruised in other relationships, I don't care if that man's appearance looked like Jesus himself. If you still are not where you need to be, no matter how good that man treats you or how good you treat that man, when you got those issues that's been swept up under the rug, I'ma tell you, they're coming out of you. I don't care how saved you are, when they hit that button, they're coming out. So you have to deal with those issues through the word. So if something come up, it is not hard for you to humble. I love that. 
No, let's song, the thing to say, let us rumble. No, let us humble ourselves up under the mighty hand of God. And then we shall be exalted. So the more you be with him, the more you can humble yourself no matter how hot it gets. You can humble yourself and have peace in doing it. That's why we just don't come together because it feel good, y'all. Them feelings leave after a while. And I know some men notice that too. After a while, and maybe after seven days, they will leave. And then you get back on track until it come back round again. So you need to learn all these things, men, before you look at these women, because you don't know where they been in the roads that they travel. And women, you don't know where men been in the roads that they have traveled. They could be a serial killer in their head. And you could be the object. And they can be just as nice as ever. And you wake up and they say, don't move. Somebody needed that one. So be careful. Who's next? <laughs> Don't forget to give these papers to people. Erica's back there in the back raising her hand. Sonia didn't get one. Julia didn't get one. And we can, um, we can give them to them later because we got somebody else coming up now. You can't choose what you want. You have to come back to Teresa. Teresa wants yours. You can't choose what you want. Give it to her. They come to you. You don't choose whether or not you want it or not. Okay, we're going to let Sister Niece do hers, and then we'll find out who didn't get one. Excuse me. Pupils, pupils. <laughs> Does pride stop you from praying for others? Yes. With this, what I got, it was for me. Lord knows it was for me, pride. I didn't think I had pride, but I have a lot of pride. Um, we look at pride in different ways, like you wouldn't think that you would be a prideful person just because you don't want to pray for somebody. When somebody hurts you, when you've been hurt over and over and over again, if you don't stay in that word and keep that stuff rooted up out from inside of you, your heart will start to become hard. It would be like a stony heart. It would be, your heart would be hardened and your shield would be up because you're not going to let yourself get back there where you got hurt at. And that's me. And ever since I got this, God has been showing me in different areas of my life where I'm prideful. I'm a very prideful person and I really didn't know that. But Will pride stop you from praying for others? When a person, I have to speak for me. If a person hurt me and I'm not where I'm supposed to be in God, and if I don't cast that thing down and if I hold it, it just piles up and piles up and piles up and piles up, 
then when it spill over, it could spill over on the wrong person. They could just say, be said, hey, Denise, and then I go off on them. And when people hurt you, I'm just going to be honest. If somebody hurt me and I hold it, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm not going to pray for you because this was really for me. I'm not going to pray for you because you hurt me. So why should I be praying for you? And, but what I need to do is pray for that person. Get in the word of God. Ask God to show me what did I do wrong? Did I do something? Did I say something? Was it me? And I need to stop saying, no, God, it won't me. It was them. I need to stop doing that because that makes you cause, that makes you be offended. It makes you be selfish. It makes you be very prideful. You be walking in pride, being in prideful. And then you know, a proud person is prideful too. And it makes you not even want to talk to nobody. It makes you just want to stay to your little self. So you cannot be around nobody for you don't have to say nothing wrong to nobody because you feel as though every time you open your mouth, people is taking you the wrong way. But it's just you. But I had to look back because this ain't been too long after me. I had to look back and say, Denise, it's not about you. I heard this little voice in my head say, it's not about you. It's all about me. Humble yourself. Even though sometimes you could be right, you still need to humble yourself and say you wrong. Sometimes you have to be, you can be right and be wrong or be wrong to be right. I mean, but I'm learning that I can't hold stuff. If somebody say something to me and I misunderstand them or whatever, instead of holding it, because I'm telling you, this thing right here, pride, it's a bad boy because I'm telling you, when you hurt me, oh my God, I'm not there yet, y'all. But I'm getting there. I'm being honest. I'm, I'm taking my mask off because they can, I can be delivered through this talking. Because sometimes when you hold stuff on the inside, and you just hold it and hold it and hold it, even though you want to let it go and you crying out to God, you just sometimes you just feel like, oh, I don't want to talk to nobody. I just want to stay to myself. If I do that, then nobody won't be getting on me. And then I got to start worrying about people because this is keeping me from moving where God wants me to move. It's keeping me from doing the work of the God who he has Brought me here on this earth. My plan and purpose is all we I need to do is worship and praise him and give him glory and give his honor and keep my eyes on him and not on man. That's what God wants all of us to do. But do we do it? No. I run my mouth. I want people to have a pity party. I want attention. Want all this. All of this is what the devil want me to do because the devil knows the plans that God has for me. And if I leave a window open like pride, pride coming before fall. You prideful, you're going to fall. And you're going to fall and hit rock bottom. And the only person that's going to be there to help you and pick you up is God. And I'm learning that. And we got to learn how to um, go to each other. I shouldn't be afraid to go to nobody in this church about nothing, but I am. 
because it's all about me. I don't want my feelings hurt. I don't want them to take my, me the wrong way. I'm so prideful. I'm ate up with pride. So God told me, take off your face. Take the facade off your face. I'm here. You just got to let me love you and you love me. And whenever you find out who you are in me, until you find that out, you're going to be prideful. You're going to be a people pleaser. You're going to try to do everything on Denise's own. You're not going to wait on God. You're just going to try to do it all yourself. All of that is nothing but the world because that's what the world does. So this here has really blessed me because pride can keep you from praying for other people. Because if they hurt you, you don't want to pray for them. Just want to be real. And if that person is not in your circle, sometimes you might not want to pray for them. That's why we shouldn't have circles. That is why we should walk all together. We shouldn't have no picks. No picks. We, we're many members, but we're one body. All of us need each other to carry out the word of God out those doors, not in the church. And I know that God has called me to do his will, to do each and every last one of them. He has called me. But it's like I'm in a, it's like there's the door right there. I'm right there at the door, but I can't walk through it. Because I'm worried about what people going to say. I'm worried about uh, would I like it. It's all about Denise. But it's not about me. When I gave my life to Christ and started living for him, it was all about him, not about me. And until I get that, you got to get that down in your soul. Not just head knowledge. It's got to be in your soul. And when I learn that, and I give God glory for me learning that. But when I learn that, I'm going to be a soldier for the Lord. But it's got to be no more Denise. It's got to be all about him. And I ask God today to give me boldness to talk to anybody when I feel like something is rising up to go to them in love and talk to them. Not have a fear to go to nobody. Because fear, that's God too. Fear, that's, that's kind of being prideful too when you have a fear of doing this or fear of doing that because you think that it's all about you. And a lot of people have told me, Denise, you think it's all about you? And I've heard that so much that it's embedded in my heart. And I don't want nobody to feel that way about me. So we need to move pride out of the way, anger out of the way, and we need to take love. Because when you really find out who you are in him and how much God loves you, stuff will begin to roll off your back. Stuff people say won't even hurt you or touch you. All you would do is just go embrace them with the love of God. But you gotta, you, you gotta line up with the word. I gotta line up with the word. Amen. Amen. And I want to say, Sister Denise, you can check that one off your list because by you opening up in that area, the devil don't have that on you no more. So he can't bring that because you openly confess that see things that we openly confess we're not ashamed of no more so he can't bombard us with that that's humbling yourself it's just as simple as that amen and y'all I want to tell y'all something funny today (laughs) I got to tell my husband too because he was right there (laughs) 
We was walking little Joe today. I asked this man to walk with me, to walk the dog. Why did I do that? As we were walking, I walked Joe every day, and my husband had the audacity to say, when he pooped, you're supposed to pick it up. I said, listen here, I'm not picking up nothing. That's the ground, and it's going to do whatever it's going to do on that grass. I'm not picking up nothing. I'm just telling you what the law says. I said, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not picking up nothing. <laughs> so me and him going back and forth, and finally he said, this lady walked her dog, and she went home, and she came back, and she picked hers up. I said, I'm not that lady. That's what she chose to do. Don't throw that over here on me now. Don't, don't be choosing to tell me I'm going to go all the way back home and get a bag and pick it up and da-da-da-da. So guess what the Lord told me? Regardless of what you think, your husband was there helping you to tell you what should have been happening. Sorry, honey. You tried. So what I'm saying is that's a form of pride. It was not that I thought I was too good to pick it up because I have done it. But I'm looking at dirt down there, and I'm saying, it's going to be in the dirt. Why do I have to pick it up? It's going to do whatever it got to do. What do it do, Jennifer? Drive? Disintegrate, right? So he said it's law. So if it's law for me to go downside the road and pick up poop, I'm going to humble myself and pick up that poop and bring it to him to throw in the trash can. (laughs) So he got to remember, when he walked Joe, pick up the poop, man. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So see, this is what I'm saying. These teachings will show you pride. That's a form of pride. He tried to help me, and I'm telling him, I don't tell you it's not law. I'm just telling you what I'm not going to (laughs) do. That was wrong. So when we confess these things, the devil don't have nothing. I'm not ashamed of my game, y'all. I'm not. I'm not because when, when I do what I do, it's going to help somebody else to understand we don't keep doing what we do. Amen? To God be the glory. Did everybody get the papers? Did everybody exchange the papers? Okay, make sure you give someone those papers because we're going to keep this going. How many um, through this is it helping you to understand pride and helping you to understand even things even the more. It's opening it up to you and bringing it more to light because I believe the majority of us in this room, through some of these things that have been talked about, we can say, whoa, that's me. But it doesn't have to be me because I'm a new creation. So please exchange these again. We're going to keep doing it because it's going to help all of us. We're helpers of one another. Is there anything else? Announcements.